three-round discussion with a 20-minute time. Introducing first from a Zoom call in Columbia, South Carolina, Matthew, aka the Unbreakable Spirit, and his opponent from a Zoom call in Atlanta, Georgia, Daniel, aka the Executioner. Take it away, Matthew. Thank you, Jesse, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone. This is episode number 90-fucking-seven of At Odds with the Unbreakable Spirit. I'm the Executioner, Daniel. Fuck. Let's run through the topics. You already know who I am. Yes. Topic number one. Since we've covered in the past releases from WWE, it's only fair we give AEW the same treatment. CM Punk has been released by All Elite Wrestling. Slash fired. Fired, yeah, that's more accurate. Anyways. Topic number two. AEW has made the same mistake as WWE. And uh, number three. The results, results. for payback. Both yeah. of us are for topic number one. That's you, partner. Oh. All right. So, CM Punk has been fired from all elite wrestling after a backstage incident that happened at All Out. Oh, excuse me. All oh, in in London. No, I, yeah. I don't really know the full exact details of what said cause said brawl between Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, and and CM Punk. But in my humble opinion. And I look, I get because like, I get that AEW had to do an investigation into this, but the thing is, and this is just a take that I that I personally kind of believe in is the last time they let CM Punk disappear for a couple months, and then he returned back. Is that going to happen? Are they going to do that sort of shit again? Because this is just something I've noticed with the AEW when I watch it is they don't really have a whole lot of major stars to meet a homemade talent to make or anybody that's a big draw because CM Punk is your top merchandise seller. Yeah, but see, the last time CM Punk was reprimanded by AEW, he was suspended. That's why he was able to return. This time, his contract was terminated. Yes. But I will say, you might be onto something with him eventually returning. Because, and... Yeah. What I'm saying is out there, but it might be a thing. 
maybe he was just written off TV to film, like, reshoot some scenes for Heroes Season 2 or something. Yeah, but my personal take is, well, I get if you don't like CM Punk, you know, because this is just a thing. With the, because AEW, and this is something that, you know, this is what I mean, is I honestly believe that it's kind of Tony Khan's fault that we're in this situation because it truly, to me, doesn't feel like Tony Khan does take in charge of situations most of the time. It's like, if, if this is just... If this is just the kind of second backstage incident in your company, you might need some serious. You might need some. You might need to have someone else worry about running the behind the scenes things, and you worry about the booking or something. Have two separate people in charge of things instead of being in charge of everything. Yeah, that is. That is very fair. And apparently Tony Khan cold opened AEW Collision in Chicago with like explaining why they released CM Punk or something. I haven't read that article, but if you want to read it, go to Ringside News. Yeah, but the thing is, is that has anyone considered the amount of backlash that from all the CM Punk fans that AEW is going to get because of this. Yeah, like when I went to Collision, it was because someone who wanted to see CM Punk invited me. Needless to say, when I asked my brother how his friend felt about it, he said he was disappointed. Because like I said the last time, is that you're telling me that you have, and I apparently heard this, but there was supposed to be a meeting between Punk and the Elite, but that got canceled at the last minute or something, apparently. They were probably worried it would go into another brawl. I mean, it's like, also, because this is just a thing that I've noticed, is, like, some sort of backstage incident happens, and AEW does nothing to capitalize off of that storyline-wise. Like, oh, some backstage incident occurs. Immediately spin that into a storyline or something. Not just because... If I get that, you know, you want to have some sort of realism, and, you know... Not skips, but it's just... I think that's the problem with all the wrestling, in my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, and also, I have said in the past, CM Punk is the most toxic man in wrestling, and I will die on that hill. But it's just... What I was saying is, if you're gonna have, like, some sort of things, and I get that you guys want to have some more... be a lot more realistic than WWE because, look, if WWE does something, sometimes they spin real-life shit off into a storyline. But if you got a toxic guy 
and people don't like him, what? You had an opportunity to turn Punk into a heel. An opportunity. Yeah. You had an opportunity to make CM Punk one of the big, like, if people don't like him, take advantage of that fucking shit. Yeah, and I will say this. We're recording this on the day of All Out. And for people who are worried about, like, oh, what's going to happen with the Ricky Starks match? AEW has found a replacement. But speaking of All Out, we'll be covering we'll be that next back. one. Yeah, next. <laughs> and we are back with topic number two. AEW has made the same mistake as WWE. By what do you mean by that? So, as you all know, last week was all in London. Yep. And literally later tonight, as of this recording, is all out. What was that joke I made yesterday? Or the human? Uh, they went the, all. Uh, AEW went all in just to go all out. Yes. And what do you mean by the same mistake? Do you remember a few years ago when payback happened a week after SummerSlam? Oh uh, yeah, and Roman Reigns won the Universal Championship, which was the beginning of his three-year reign. Yeah. Well, AEW had a had a pay per view, then one week later had another one. Has another one. Yeah. Here's my personal take on that is, and then this is just something that I and I've because I've heard, but when I watch AEW is um, you have. You kind of didn't really have a good build-up to your so-called biggest wrestling event in history. And now you have no build-up to your other random big event. Yeah, and I feel like AEW's in a worse situation with what we discussed in topic number one. Yeah, and see... This is, and this is regarding back to the CM Punk situation is because uh, you said that CM Punk was because, uh, you know, they had the whole real world. CM, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I believe Ricky Starks is fighting uh, uh, Dragon Steamboat, I think. Not sure if that's still happening. Well, like I said, Ed, originally it was supposed to be CM Punk. Yeah, because the thing that I want to say per- personally is if you guys say, look, what I don't understand sometimes, if you're wrestling promotion, why would you have one like, one of your big pay-per-views and then immediately after do another one when that gives you absolutely no fucking chance whatsoever to fill out a match card or build up any sort of matches. 
So I accidentally made another, a different type of timer oops today. Uh, I started and immediately paused it and I and didn't realize I paused it. <laughs> okay, what is your take on uh, this mistake situation? Part, pro wrestling is often called a soap opera for men. Yes, and, and sometimes women. That means... Yeah, and that means that they need to have some sort of story to get us invested. How can we get invested in an event that has one week to build up? Yeah, how? Think the only... The answer is we can't. Hell, I think the only... And this is just something, because I think the only match that I'm aware of is Dark Order versus MJF. And Adam Cole, baby. I didn't know the Dark Order was still a thing. Yeah. Because this is just something that I have that is a personal take is this. Are people even going to be invested in this sort of pay-per-view? Or are people going to be still more focusing on the CM Punk situation? Oh, I believe we're probably gonna get CM Punk chance. I'm just saying. You're right, Matthew. You want to add anything? Please, the floor is yours. Uh, since I goofed, we have like four and a half minutes left, so sure. Go ahead. Like when when it happens with WWE, they at least made it the start of a storyline by not having Roman signed the contract for the triple threat match and then revealed he's a Paul Hammond guy and on the actual show after the match has started mind you, <laughs> signed the contract which I, I gotta say for a heel thing is actually very brilliant yeah but AEW doesn't really have a situation where they can do that in my Personal opinion. Opinion. In my opinion, okay. Hot. Here's a hot take. Um, I enjoy AEW when I see it, but it's just the thing is, is that when you watch AEW, whether it's Rampage or Collision or whatever, is you don't. Sometimes with with the with WWE with AEW having some big time matches is they don't really have any sort of buddy like, to lead in you know, that's really a money grabbing match a money grabbing hey this is something I want to see in this company because. Truth be told, I kind of feel like AEW is kind of going, is kind of going up and downhill like a freaking roller coaster. Yeah, I'm worried that eventually AEW is just gonna be WWE except TV 14. Yeah, that's fair. Like they have so much star power, and then this fresh new company is gonna start up out of nowhere. And all the big names are gonna jump, 
jump ship. I'm uh, all right because um of Freddie Prince uh, Freddie Prince Jr. That company, right? Is that what you're talking about? Wait, what? No. Yeah, uh, I was uh, just we... saying hypothetically. Oh yeah, um, a writer, an ex WWE writer, is starting its own promotion next year. Oh boy. Yeah, because here's my take on this situation is the thing about AEW that I personally have noticed is while you're right, they have a bunch of talent is are you really going to release and fire a guy if he's talking, I didn't say this regarding the CM Punk thing earlier, but are you really going to release somebody that makes you a shit ton of money? Even if he's toxic for your company? You could just have him be a part-timer. Not show up all the time. But regarding to this... Yeah, especially after you made an entire show for this guy. Exactly. What the fuck is the point of collision if CM Punk's not going to be on it? And you had just started something interesting with him calling himself the real world champion? Yep. Yep. But anyway, regarding this whole all-in, all-out situation is with this company having this big pay-per-view and having just another one is you don't really, like we've said, you don't really get a chance to time to build up matches, to build up storyline. Hell, there's only one match that I'm even aware of, and that's that Ring of Honor World Tag Team title match. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have, like, a three- or four-hour fucking pay-per-view, build, give it at least, like, a week or two, but it's like, because you're telling me you'll do all-in on August 27th, and on August 3rd, on September 3rd, you're just going to have another pay-per-view with limited build-up and only one match. Like, yeah, ah. this we we were saying the same things about that payback pay-per-view. One more thing before we end this thing, and that is, what is the point of watching all elite wrestling? If like, they really like, literally the only good storyline that they have going right now, literally the only good thing is the MJF Adam Cole shit with Roger Strong. That's it. That's the only good thing. Yeah. If you only have one good storyline, that's bad. That is horrendously bad. But yeah, that's my final thought. We're definitely... But now, speaking of payback, we're going to take a quick two-second break before we hop into the final topic for this episode. Y'all. Hello, everybody. We are back with the third and final topic of this episode. It is the results 
of WWE Payback, hosted by John Cena, for some reason. Yep. Because he's going to be appearing on WWE for a few weeks, but that's not the topic months. we're here to cover. Two months, actually. Months, whatever. Okay. But, yeah, for a while, anyway, um, then, okay, let's start off with, you know the drill, we will do the, the you know the drill by now, alright, first everyone, Matthew, remind everyone of what the punishment is still. The loser will have to watch the movie Cat. The more recent one and not the classic one, which people actually enjoyed. Alright. The first match of Payback was the rubber match, the steel cage match, ironically in the steel city. Becky Lynch. That's probably why they did it now that I think about it. <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. My thoughts on the match is it was a very solid and very back and forth match with the crazy, like what, off the top rope manhandle slam by Becky to win? Uh, yes. And then the sh- uh, well before I say, and then uh, and then um, Zoe Starks turned on Tristratus. Your thoughts yeah, on that? Making Zoe uh, on that turn. Your thoughts on it's... the opening on the opening. Oh, contest. on the opening match in general. Yes, overall. Uh, it was a fairly good match. Like, did it need to be a steel cage? Yes. Yes. And even even if it wasn't, Zoe's... Even though it was a steel cage, Zoe starts still got in. Yeah. And the first fall went to Matthew, which was like great. Yeah. The second match um was the Miz. No, the second match was uh what was it? Oh yeah. It was um, the United States uh, championship match, right? Uh, I believe so. Then we had the United States championship match. I mean, eh, meh, that match was okay. Yeah. Decent match, but okay. And then the next match, which compared to that tribute match 
for uh, Terry Funk was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, it was a Steel City straight fight between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor and Senor Money in the Bank Damien Priest. And God damn was that an insane street fight. Yeah, you are a hundred percent correct on that. That was crazy. What was your favorite spot of the match, to be honest? Okay, I have um my favorite spot is when Kevin Owens jumped off of that post onto uh onto Dominic. Oh uh, that that like upper balcony in the crowd? Yeah, through a table. Yeah, um, that that was my favorite too. My second one was Rhea Ripley spearing Kevin Owens through a barricade, which is like, damn. I mean, Rhea has expressed in the past that she would like to be able to fight some of the men members of the roster. (laughs) Yeah, um, as I've, let's see, Matthew had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I had the Judgment Day. They were all for the record, people. All these predictions were made. Most of these predictions were made after the The last week's episode. (laughs) Yeah, because now there were a lot of opportunities. Lots of, like, literally the only things that didn't get destroyed was the announce table, and the the only things that didn't get used were the announce table and the steel steps. Surprisingly. Which, by the way, and I'm going to say this right here, right now. Can somebody fucking explain to me how when you do a tribute show, for the late great Terry Funk, when you do a hard Terry Funk hardcore match, you only introduce one goddamn weapon, a table. That's it. But then when you do a Steel City street fight, you introduce a bunch of weapons. Hey, your guess is as good as mine, dude. Because in my personal opinion, hot take here, the Steel City Street Fight was more of a tribute to Terry Funk than the actual Terry Funk hardcore match. Well, they were, well keep in mind, Terry Funk's tribute show also had to be a tribute show for... Bray Wyatt. Fair enough. I will give a pass because of that. But other than that, 
still see it's kind of pointless. But um, yeah, Kevin Owens got bleeding. There was a of like uh, JD McDonough showed up as I figured he was. Well, I mean, I wasn't really sure if he would because of what's going on with the Judgment Day. There was a lot of close falls on either side. What do you, um, and the shocking thing is how the match ended is we had an all over kick. Dominic Mysterio hit Sammy with the money in the bank, which caused the pin to break up, but Finn Balor to pin Sammy Zayn for the Judgment Day to win the tag team titles. Which I honestly did not see that coming. I did not either. But I kind of wish that Joe was in the the Judgment Day for that one. Yeah, but what is your thoughts on that match? Honestly? Yes. Match of the night? Yeah. Great match, great build-up, insane spot. And then, yeah, Judgment Day 1. Okay, now that's great that the Judgment Day is the Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Now, fucking retire the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team titles and make new Tag Team titles. Thank you. Yes, please. Anyway... The next match was for the Women's World Championship. Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley. Can can I just say real quick, this seemed more like a raw pay-per-view than a joint brand pay-per-view. Yeah. Literally, the only SmackDown match was the U.S. title, which was the mid-match of the show. Yeah. Then, all right, then we had, um, my bad, we had the Miz versus L.A. Knight with John Cena as the special guest Referee for some reason. What is your thought on the John Cena? I mean, on the uh, Miz versus LA Knight match? Uh, it was okay. Yeah, I got, and I hate to, this is going to sound like a ridiculous, an unsurprising, realistic, unsurprising take. But I get more competitive matches on a fucking video game than the actual match. Yeah. But yeah, LA Knight scored the victory and beat the Miz, which gave me another fall. And you know what? I'm actually okay with that. But here's my question. Uh, it, personally, I want to see this rivalry continue, 
But this does raise one interesting question. What the fuck is the point of this rivalry? Like, don't get me wrong. Well, I want to see this rivalry continue. What is the point of the brand split if these two can have a rivalry over two separate brands? Uh, yeah. That's, that is valid. Because if you're telling me if, like, if Matthew's on Raw and I'm on SmackDown, you're telling me that I could still have a rivalry with uh, someone who's on a different point when there's the point of the brand split is so I, instead of me feuding with someone else, with an old rival, I could feud with new people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought that that match was good. Glad LA Knight got the victory. And like I said, I hope this rivalry continues. Because the trash talking like between Miz and LA Knight is just great. <laughs> but, yeah, please, if this rivalry continues, I am all... I would and, prefer it if, like, they became a tag team or something. But, yeah. Um, now, it's great. Now, the surprising thing is John Cena gave, raised LA Knight's hand after the match, which I thought was kind of interesting, and I'm kind of wondering is, is John Cena, random, random thought here, but... Is John Cena for the ever long, however long he's back, is John Cena gonna have any matches with anybody? Well, maybe? Not 100% sure. Anyway, next match was the women's world title. Uh... Let's see. Um, yeah, you got um, you got Mysterio. I got uh, no, no. Yeah, uh, you had theory. I, yeah, I had theory. Now we got to the women's world title, which you oh, had for the record. Ray won, so that was another point for me. Yeah. Then we had Raquel versus. Uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, match was all right. Rhea Ripley retained, unsurprisingly, which I thought you would think that this would be Judgment Day's biggest night as a group because I'm like, you had an opportunity to make this Judgment Day's night. Yeah. Anyway, we got to the main event, which was Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Drip God. Pin battle. First thing I want to say of this main event, I love the Japanese opening for Shinsuke. Love it. More of that shit. Yeah. But also, like, and I'm going to mention what you said. 
what is the point? You had an opportunity to bring back Shinsuke Nakamura's old rock heel theme, but you're not going to. He's still going to have the same theme unless you're working on a new theme for him. Yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. What, is it because you switched to Def Rebel instead of CFOs? So what? Mm. It's still a WWE licensed song. I mean, yeah. Match, what is your thoughts on the World Heavyweight Championship main event? Which, by the way, I'm glad that the world title finally got a chance to make event in PPV. Yeah, I know, right? It was a good match. I liked the build-up, how they incorporated uh, Seth's back injury into the build-up. Yeah. And, and his entrance was fire. Yeah, but I also like how they had Shinsuke Nakamura cut a promo leading into this match, not in English, but in Japanese with subtitles. I think that yeah. that like, like I hate to be the guy to say this, but do more evil Japanese, do do more of that shit, please. Yeah, it's back to Shinsuke being sorry, no speak English. Shinsuke, it's back to that shit, guy. Yeah, please, more of that, but um Match was good. You had and oh yeah. Oh yeah, we were you needed to win this main to match. <laughs> to tie. To tie. <laughs> match was good. Seth Rollins won. Oh, and by the way, apparently after the show, uh Nakamura attacked. Seth Rollins after the match, and there was still, but it's still surprising to me that there was no cash. Yeah, and guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I have had the coin flip app open this entire segment. Yeah. Because so there no was no kickoff match. So we have to resort to the tiebreaker that I am terrible at. <laughs> yeah, that you have of. Throughout this entire podcast history, you have lost more than one. All right? I believe I am 0-2 for yeah. the coin flip. All right. And now, all right, now, let's see. I call heads. All right, I will be tails. God fucking damn it. Yeah! Make that 0 and 3. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. And before you ask, no, I am not using my get out of punishment free card. I will endure the punishment that is the movie Cats. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Roll that out, Trump. Yeah, we'll be back next Roll that week. Out, Roll that out, crew.
Thank you for listening to At Odds, hosted by the Unbreakable Spirit and the Executioner. Edited by the Unbreakable Spirit. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MTS underscore life underscore zero one two six. You can follow me on Instagram at DanTravis21 and you can also follow me on the Twitter at DanTheExecutioner21. And you can follow the podcast at Adults Podcast. We'll be back next week with more debates and discussions. But until then, the Executioner and the Unbreakable Spirit will still be at odds. Thank you, losers.